Welcome to What's Up Wednesday. In these short episodes, I will summarize a recent study or journal article related to obesity management and discuss how to incorporate this latest science into your clinical practice. And of course, I'll be sure to include links to the articles in the show notes. So let's jump in. This week, we are talking about a recent journal article with the title of A Comparison of Emotional Triggers for Eating in Men and Women with Obesity. And the author is Guerrero Harines et al. And this article was published in Nutrients 2022 in the October edition. And I will, of course, be sure to put the link to this journal article in the show notes. So current efforts to treat obesity, including anti-obesity pharmacotherapy and metabolic and bariatric surgery, focus on inducing a negative energy balance by modifying those homeostatic drivers of eating. So basically to reduce hunger and to promote satiety in the brain, primarily in the hypothalamus, right? However, Non-homeostatic eating, which is often referred to as hedonic eating or sometimes emotional eating, right? This type of eating involves a different part of the brain, right? It involves the reward center of the brain, which is in that mesolimbic part of the brain. And this is also a very prominent driver of food intake that we shouldn't forget about for our patients. Studies show that this non-homeostatic eating behaviors, this hedonic eating, is associated with poor weight loss after bariatric surgery and as well as behavioral interventions, and is also associated with weight regain after weight loss. And so we know that this is a very important component of care that we need to make sure we don't forget about when we're treating our patients. It's also very common. Emotional eating is present in more than half of patients seeking specialist obesity treatment and is considered to be particularly prevalent in women. However, a lot of these reported sex differences between men and women and how different emotions affect food intake are largely anecdotal and haven't really been studied. So the aim of this study was to characterize the most common emotions that prompt an urge to eat and also to examine whether they differ according to sex, so between males and females. Important to note that this was a single-center cross-sectional study that was completed at a tertiary referral hospital in Australia within a a specialist multidisciplinary treatment service, which included patients who were undergoing lifestyle changes alone to manage their obesity. There were also patients who were using anti-obesity pharmacotherapy as an adjunct to lifestyle, and also patients who were undergoing or had undergone bariatric surgery. So a total of 387 patients attending this obesity treatment center between December 2018 and April 2019. And I always think it's important to look at those dates now, especially as it relates to the pandemic. So this was pre-COVID pandemic, right? Which would have been interesting to see what happened here during the pandemic. But at any rate, um, it was between those dates and they completed the emotional eating scale, either over the phone or in person. 
So the findings were that the most common emotion identified by participants as triggering an urge to eat was boredom, regardless of sex or type of obesity treatment. So whether they were in lifestyle, pharmacotherapy, bariatric surgery, boredom was the number one emotional trigger. It's also important to note that women had higher emotional eating scores overall, especially for some of the subscales of depression, anger, and individual emotions of upset, blue, and sad compared to men. So it's really important to recognize this and that we're asking our patients about emotional eating, about boredom eating, because it's so common. And the theory is that emotional eating is a form of escapism from negative emotions, right? And this is something that's biologically driven in humans as well as in animals because the consumption of those, especially those highly palatable, nutrient-dense foods, especially these processed foods, right, it dampens the stress response and also causes a release of dopamine, right? Which is that neurotransmitter associated with reward. And so when we repeatedly consume these palatable foods when experiencing negative emotions, it creates this positive feedback loop whereby eating as a means to alleviate and distract from negative feelings is then reinforced also by these neurotransmitters like dopamine, which is also a, a learning neurotransmitter, right? So boredom eating may also just be a means to escape just, you know, passing the time, just being unengaged and passing the time. So it's a way to entertain ourselves as well. And so I just think it's very important to note in the study that the use of medications, of anti-obesity medications, or a history of bariatric surgery did not ameliorate the effects of feeling bored on the drive to eat. So this is the same regardless of whether people were on medications, whether it had surgery or not. And so we know that with pharmacotherapy and with surgery, we're really changing a lot of the response in the hypothalamus, right? In that energy regulatory center of the brain, but it doesn't affect that hedonic, that emotional eating part of the brain that is a big driver for food consumption for a lot of people. And so, of course, there were numerous limitations to this study, and I won't go over all of them, but one that I thought was interesting is that feeling stressed or the uh, feeling stressed was not something that was in this scale because apparently stress is not considered an emotion. So the scale does not account for feeling stressed. And we know that stress can be a powerful trigger for overeating for a lot of people. So it would be interesting to see whether boredom or stress is a bigger driver of eating. But that was something that they were not able to determine based on this study. So in conclusion, you know, understanding why certain emotions differentially trigger an urge to eat in men and women is very important. And it helps us determine strategies to help break the link between boredom eating. And so that, you know, we can really create personalized care for our patients of lifestyle interventions for our patients with obesity and also our patients without obesity, right? Because I think boredom eating and emotional eating affects, you know, so many of us. And so I think it's just really important that we consider this 
Whether our patients are on other treatments for obesity or not, we need to be addressing emotional eating with our patients. And if we do find that our patients are struggling with this, as this study seems to appear that more than half of our patients probably are struggling with emotional eating, we need to help them find strategies to either break that boredom cycle, perhaps help them find hobbies or other things to do during that time, and really help them with, you know, planning for these types of things and problem solving to help them work through their emotional eating as well. All right, that's all we have for this week. So I look forward to seeing you all back next week for another episode of the Gaining Health Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on the Gaining Health Podcast. Don't forget to review and subscribe. And if you really liked it, consider supporting us on Patreon. Lastly, if you need resources and tools to help you start an obesity management program, be sure to check out gaininghealth.com. Thank you, and we'll see you next time on the Gaining Health Podcast.